Hello, everybody. In this episode I of The Chatting Comedian, I chat with Lou Deck. Lou is a stand-up comedian and author. Lou has performed stand-up comedy in 16 countries. Lou is even a P-boy, a P-body award nominee. Lou is also the author of the ebook Stand-Up Decoded. Lou is also the video director of History of the Comedy Store, which is available on Showtime. Welcome, my great friend, comedy legend, Lou Deck. Well, thank you very much, Dustin. You're welcome. It is my honor and privilege to be with you today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, personally, I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. Most people don't start comedy until much older. Mm-hmm. The fact that you started this early tells me that you're dedicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what your goal is. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thanks. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. I actually um wanted to start doing comedy when I was 10, and I had no idea about it. And then when I was 10, I started, like, well, I turned 11 right at that time, and I started reading, like, um, I searched up on Amazon some comedy books. And then I was in the Barnes & Noble, and I got this book by, um, like, this guy that worked for The Onion. And I read it, and then I started writing, reading comedy books, then I started writing comedy and then a year later, when I turned 12, I um, started performing. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. The, the, quick, the first 50 shows are absolutely the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't know what not to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to get better as a stand-up comic is to eliminate mistakes. Mm-hmm. So in the first 50, you're learning what not to do. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk poorly or stand with your back to the audience or make a number of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to advise you like I did in the book, Mm -hmm. record every show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen to it five times before you perform again Mm -hmm. and eliminate the mistakes and put new material in. That's how you grow step by step. Mm -hmm. Agreed. The 50 first ones are the hardest. Mm -hmm. The next 50, most fun because mm-hmm. now you know what not to do. Yeah. Okay. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. That means a lot coming from you. So, um, I start off each episode by asking the comedian, what's the worst heckler you have ever had? <laughs> well, I do a lot of shows mm-hmm. in a lot of places, mm-hmm. not more than just your average comedy club. Mm-hmm. So I I would have to say I have two that stand out the most. Okay. Um, The first one was at the 38th parallel Mm -hmm. between North Korea and South Korea. Oh, jeez. It's, uh, if you remember seeing the president uh, of of North Korea Mm -hmm. and President Trump last Mm -hmm. year standing outside Mm -hmm. of a building at that area, Mm -hmm. I was in that very same spot. Oh, jeez. So... Five miles south of that, because it's called the demilitarized mm-hmm. zone, no military for five miles on either mm-hmm. side of the border, there is a great big camp for, uh, I'm not, I can't remember the name of the brigade, but it's a brigade of 3,000 American army soldiers. Okay. And they have a base camp with a performance stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was doing what what is normally known as USO shows, meaning okay. United Service Organization. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when you see Bob Help mm-hmm. entertaining the troops. Oh, yeah, I know about stuff like so, that. So they bring 
various shows over mm -hmm. to entertain the troops. Mm -hmm. We were in North, uh, South Korea for four weeks mm -hmm. and doing two shows in two different places every day for four weeks. Okay. One of the last ones was for that unit at that base. Mm -hmm. And because since the Korean War went into a truce, the Korean mm -hmm. War never ended. They didn't sign a treaty. They signed a truce. Okay. So we keep troops there. Okay. If North Korea comes, they're coming with a million troops, and we're allowed by the truce to keep 5,000 mm -hmm. troops there. So the motto of the of that base is in front of them all. Okay. Because they will probably be wiped out trying to buy an hour's worth of time for Seoul, the capital of Korea, which okay. is 63 miles south mm -hmm. of there. Yeah. And as a result, everyone at the base is armed and ready to go yeah. at all times. So I'm doing a show there, and the show's going pretty good. And I mention having a heckler back in the United States and do the line that I would do on a heckler mm -hmm. in the United States, and nobody laughed, which was a problem. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I hear click and a couple of laughs, and then click, 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 and then a whole lot of laughs, and then a hundred clicks. Click, 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 click. And I don't know what it is, but everybody is laughing. I look over at the side of the stage where our escort officer is, mm -hmm. an army soldier assigned to our show to get okay. us from spot to spot, and he's laughing because he realizes I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. And he walks on stage with me and tells me that's everyone's M16 safety being clicked off. So now their weapons are armed, loaded, and ready. Okay. Oh, jeez. It was like a joke. They're telling me they oh. can shoot me if they wanted to. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes. Well, I mean, it was a joke. Yeah. But it kind of scared me for a second. Mm -hmm. Then I realized it was a joke. And then mm -hmm. I just held my arms out and said, I'm from America, not North Korea. <laughs> and they all laughed. <laughs> But I always like telling that story because mm -hmm. it had never happened to me before. Yeah. Oh. So mostly... When you get a heckler, he's interrupting your performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The technique is to make him be quiet as mm -hmm. quickly as possible. Most professional comedians carry, it's like a list of heckler responses. <coughs> okay. So I have a list of 10 things to say mm -hmm. to hecklers. And generally, I will invite them to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, I will make fun of them and make them the show mm -hmm. until they're quiet. Then I will go back to the show. But each response gets harsher and mm -hmm. harsher. I'm not mm -hmm. there to deal with hecklers. Hecklers aren't there to stop the show. Mm -hmm. So generally, you have to assert command of mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah. Um. I will. <clears throat> I had like, well, not really a heckler because it was over Zoom and they didn't know their volume, their mic was on. So they were talking to another person in the room while I was performing. So I had to like, I was like, oh, please be quiet. And then at the end, I was like, just please shut up. It's like it, I had to do it. I mean, it felt so weird because then I found out it was another comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That, that's generally what's going to mm -hmm. happen in a comedy club. Mm -hmm. Other comedians don't care that you're performing. They're mm -hmm. thinking about when they're going to perform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and forget to be quiet and mm-hmm. give you the same respect that mm-hmm. they want yeah. on stage. Mm-hmm. We do you know who Milton Berle is. Um, no. He's an old-style comic from the 40s and 50s and 60s. In fact, when TV came along, they called him Mr. Television. Okay. Because he had such a famous TV show. Mm-hmm. But as a vaudeville comedian, a burlesque mm-hmm. comedian, a radio comedian, and then TV, he had performed for 40 years before everyone found out who he was on TV. Mm-hmm. And he has a rule. He says, when you get a heckler the first time, you don't pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. The second time they heckle, you look at them slightly for a second and then go back to what you're doing. The third time, you look right at them and don't say anything and then go back to what you're doing. And then the fourth time, you say, pardon me, I'm entertaining the crowd here and you're interrupting it. And then go back to your show. Mm-hmm. On the fifth time, give them heck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say things to mm-hmm. them. Teach them to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But by, by taking those steps, mm-hmm. you bring the crowd behind mm-hmm. you, and they mm-hmm. want the preckler to shut mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in today's comedy, it's a little bit faster. I would use less than five steps, but at least mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Because I want the crowd... A, to feel interrupted like I feel interrupted, mm-hmm. and B, to want me to make them be quiet. Okay. So it's a stage mm-hmm. technique. And mm-hmm. I would think for you, most mm-hmm. people, because you're so young, aren't going to willingly interrupt you. They may make a mistake of trying to join your show or add something to oh. it. Well, actually, um, someone has. So I did a joke about how I have autism. And I don't know why. Um, I was editing my jokes, like, because I stay on the show. And then I heard this other comedian say, stupid autistic kid. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, um, Dave Chappelle has this um thing he said. If something's so offensive, you don't. No, um, some if someone says something so racist, you're not offended. What he said was so offensive, I wasn't offended. Well, again, your feelings at the moment mm-hmm. of a show aren't as important mm-hmm. as the feelings of the audience. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. there for the audience, mm-hmm. not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, being stunned or taken mm-hmm. aback or surprised mm-hmm. by something. Rude yeah. is, is the first step, so mm-hmm. the crowd get become with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Second, start nicely. Mm-hmm. Gosh, did you really say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you don't mean to be so racist mm-hmm. or inconsiderate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then go back mm-hmm. to what you were doing. If they come mm-hmm. back again... Now you want to say something firm. Mm-hmm. I will come over there and vomit on your shoe <coughs> if you say that. Again. Yeah. Um. I am. Um, go ahead. Oh yeah. I heard that like Sam Kennison. I really want to <laughs> see a clip of him versus a hackler. Like I saw one where he was like, "Oh, I'm the last person that, like that heckled me. Doesn't ever talk in public again when they're at a restaurant. They just point to everything." But I really want to see him, like, just go at it at a heckler. Well, Sam is not mm-hmm. the best example to use. <laughs> yeah. 
or someone in your position. Mm -hmm. Sam was historically rude, Mm -hmm. profane, Mm -hmm. and mean. Mm -hmm. And none of those techniques will work for you Mm -hmm. because you're so young and Mm -hmm. look so cute. (laughs) Yeah. So, So now, as far as Sam Kennison goes, mm-hmm. are you a fan? Um, yeah, but I like I like him as his comedy. But once like I get more in depth, I like he's sort of like I have a like love hate relationship. Like during the middle of his life when he's on drugs and everything, and he blows off gigs. I'm not a fan of that. But like once he gets older in life, and like he had this because I watched the documentary um of I Am Sam Kennison and. <laughs> Yeah, I did it. So, um, yeah, th- that was really cool. Um, I actually watched it twice, and I actually like I. Um, then like when he gets older, you like him a bit more because he's like not as much of a like he isn't always on drugs anymore and all of that. That's not true. <clears throat> well, he, oh, it isn't. No, his autopsy reports proved that he was still on heroin and cocaine Jeez. when he died. He claimed to be clean for six months. He was not. Jeez. Now, not only am I in Sam Kennison's Mm -hmm. documentary, Mm -hmm. Sam was my friend. Mm -hmm. I was one of his sponsors at the comedy store. Mm -hmm. Toward the end of his career, Mm -hmm. I was, I hated him Mm -hmm. because he was being so bad to everyone around him. Mm -hmm. He was wasting his opportunities Mm -hmm. and, uh, Threatening those around him. He's threatening? Now, I have something to show you. Mm-hmm. As I move to the side, viewers can't see it. Mm-hmm. But can you see... The- um, oh, yeah. Is that um, at the comedy store? Like, when someone beat... Um, I forget her name. Who um, Is it Mitzi Shore? No, Polly Shore yeah, that owns the comedy store? part of the story. Mm-hmm. For yeah. me personally, mm-hmm. in the Sam Kinison movie... Mm-hmm. They took a story I told mm-hmm. about Sam mm-hmm. and made it a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Sam and I rescued the owner of the mm-hmm. comedy store who was mm-hmm. being beaten up by a mm-hmm. comic. Yeah. That's a scene of Sam and I standing mm-hmm. behind the comedy store mm-hmm. as a cartoon mm-hmm. right before that yeah. happened. Yeah. But I would say, first, it's a tragedy that mm-hmm. Sam died so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to know that mm-hmm. he had one kind of joke. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> yeah. But no comic goes very far telling one kind of joke. Okay. So I would refer to Sam Kennison as a one-trick pony. Okay. He only has one trick. Okay. If he had lived, he would have developed more and probably been mm-hmm. a much more famous comic. Mm-hmm. But because he had wasted years Mm -hmm. after he got rich and famous I feel it's a tragedy Mm -hmm. but that is what happens in life Mm -hmm. if you waste your time harming others, speaking Mm -hmm. poorly treating Mm -hmm. women badly Mm -hmm. abusing drugs Mm -hmm. you're not going to be around for very long no matter how Mm -hmm. funny you are Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that so uh, the cartoon is a story of when Mm -hmm. I had to confront Sam. Mm-hmm. I was actually gone from the comedy store mm-hmm. starting my touring career mm-hmm. for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I came back and I heard, I found out he was doing things that hurt my home club, the comedy store. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got right in his face, mm-hmm. and he was carrying a gun where they sell alcohol. That's a felony Ooh. in California. 
and he had two bodyguards carrying guns at a liquor selling establishment with his felonies. And they were, uh, they had beaten up a poor comic that was going nowhere. That had been around for a while, but he wasn't going to really have a career. And they had beaten him up. Oh, geez. When I heard about it, I drove to the club. I don't even work there anymore. But I am part of the comedy store. I used to be head of security as well as many other things. And I confronted Sam, hoping he would hurt me. Mm-hmm. So I could have him arrested. Okay. When he didn't, I walked inside the club and called the police and said, there's a comic here holding a gun where we sell alcohol. Okay. Ooh. So uh, I'm not the comedy police, mm-hmm. but I used to be when I worked there. Mm-hmm. And that as much as I care for mm-hmm. any comic, I care for the comedy store more. Mm-hmm. That's my birthing place mm-hmm. as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm going to tell you was, Sam is not a great example for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to look at Johnny Carson mm-hmm. and Bill Maher mm-hmm. and um, um, can't think of his name on HBO. John English guy with glasses. Um. It, yeah, he has a show. Okay. But he's telling very intelligent jokes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would like to see you do. Wait, Johnny Carson? Go your mind and talk mm-hmm. about society mm-hmm. in premise, mm-hmm. set up, punchline mm-hmm. form. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to jump on that. I just mm-hmm. hate to see anybody starting out in the business looking up to a bad example. Yeah, like I like his comedy, but I don't like him as a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you- what do you like? Um, I like Bill Burr a lot, Dave Chappelle, okay. um, Eddie Murphy, um, Kevin Hart, um, so yeah. Good choices. Mm-hmm. They're all good men, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we work in nightclubs late mm-hmm. at night where drinking is going on mm-hmm. and drug use is going mm-hmm. on uh, are really poor examples, mm-hmm. but those yeah. three... Not only are they good comics, very mm-hmm. good comics, mm-hmm. but they're good men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I like I like mm-hmm. that you like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, you um, so uh, can you tell me the story of the comedy store strike? I sort of know a little <laughs> bit about it from your book, but not that well. Okay, I'll try to do it fairly quickly okay. now. First, I want to say the hundred funniest people in Hollywood went on a protest Mm -hmm. and each one of us because there were another 20 comics or so that stayed with the comedy store Mm -hmm. who they were protesting Mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. but each one of us have our own version of events Mm -hmm. and most of us it being 1979 till now that's 41 years ago jeez most of us still feel very intensely about the situation Mm -hmm. and that what I try to do is make sure you know and everybody else knows each one of us feels differently Mm -hmm. about what happened Mm -hmm. depending on what side you were on Mm -hmm. and where you were in your life Mm -hmm. and where you were in your career Mm -hmm. so when the comedy protests, many people call it a strike and Mm -hmm. I I refuse to because a strike is a union organization Mm -hmm. meaning a bunch of people get together with the same job and try to Mm -hmm. form a union. Mm -hmm. But there's laws and guidelines to be a union, and Mm -hmm. none of the 
people followed those laws or guidelines. Okay. So, so it was not a union strike. Mm-hmm. It was more like an egotist protest. Okay. They were mad, so they started yelling. Mm-hmm. At any rate, the comedy store had just ranged its cover charge from $3 to $5 mm-hmm. to pay for renovations to the great big room we mm-hmm. call the main room. At the comedy mm-hmm. store, we have three rooms to perform mm-hmm. in. The original room, which will hold about 250, mm-hmm. the main room, which will hold about 600, and the belly room, which mm-hmm. will hold about 80. Okay. So we had just renovated the main room and spent, we, Mitzi Shore, the owner, mm-hmm. just spent about $70,000 renovating mm-hmm. the big room mm-hmm. to make it for stand-up. Okay. So, well, they wanted it to look nice and real mm-hmm. show business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a former, back in the 1930s and 40s mm-hmm. and 50s, famous nightclub for the old Hollywood mm-hmm. showbiz days called mm-hmm. Ciro's, spelled mm-hmm. C-I-R-O apostrophe S. Mm-hmm. And that it hadn't been renovated for performance mm-hmm. in years. So it okay. needed a lot done. Mm-hmm. When she raised the cover charge in the original room, mm-hmm. which is connected and maybe mm-hmm. 40 yards away, mm-hmm. some of the performers noticed that she was making more money and felt they deserved part of that money. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to first point out that the comedy store is what we call a showcase club. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is different from a comedy club. Mm -hmm. Comedy club usually has three acts and Mm -hmm. and, an empty opener, a feature Mm -hmm. act, and a headliner. Mm -hmm. Where with the comedy store in the original room, we do continuous comedy, Mm -hmm. meaning you're going to see 15 to 17 Mm -hmm. acts Mm -hmm. every night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do a lot of showcases. So, well, showcases are basically, by the word says showcase, Mm -hmm. I'm showing you what I can do. Mm -hmm. The comedy store was set up for TV coordinators and people who had TV shows to Mm -hmm. come down and see acts and see if they Mm -hmm. were ready for television. Mm -hmm. We were not operating as a comedy club. We were operating as a showcase club. Hence, we kept the drink prices down. And the, and, the, and the door admission down. Mm-hmm. At any rate, as we got the renovations mm-hmm. done, we were planning to do a show in the main room called mm-hmm. The Best of the Comedy Store. Mm-hmm. Six or seven or eight acts mm-hmm. that would get paid by mm-hmm. all of the door tickets that were mm-hmm. sold, they would split what we call the door. Okay. Then... Mm-hmm. Six or seven, what I call, well, I call them the fabulous 14. Mm-hmm. 14 acts who were TV acts who mm-hmm. deserved to be paid in comedy mm-hmm. clubs marched in and told the owner of the building and the establishment how to run her business. And if they didn't, they would, pardon my, my, my language, mm-hmm. kick her out and quit, okay. quit running for her. Mm-hmm. Now, when somebody marches in your house and mm-hmm. tells you how to run your business, mm-hmm. there's a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. At the time, I'm living in a house directly above the comedy store, owned by the comedy store, with five other comedians. Oh, yeah. I heard about it's that. Called, it's called Crest Hill. Mm-hmm. And when I lived there, let's see, there was Yakov Smirnov. Have you heard of the Russian comedian? Uh, no, but I do like Russian comedians. 
Uh, he was the first, and he's the one that has a picture on stage of him and President Reagan and President Gorbachev. Okay. And his signature phrase is, America, what a country. <laughs> uh, so Yakov lived there. Mike Binder lived there. He was kid comedy at the <laughs> time, a very good 20-year-old comedian. <laughs> and indeed, Mike would be the director of the Showtime series, The History of the Comedy Store, okay. last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, Argus Hamilton, the best political joke writer I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, a very large guy named Ali okay. Joe Prater. Mm-hmm. He, he, simply, the best way to explain Ali Joe is he was Yosemite Sam in real life. Okay. Short, fat, very mm-hmm. dirty comic, and very powerful. Mm-hmm. Toward the end of his career... Even Richard Pryor and Robin Williams did not want to go on stage after Ollie Joe Prater because oh, Ollie Joe was so powerful and good. Mm. Whoa. Then I lived in the basement. Mm-hmm. I was director of video for the comedy store, mm-hmm. not for the Showtime series. Mm-hmm. And uh, operations mm-hmm. employee. Not only was I a doorman and an MC mm-hmm. and an act. I was video director, head of security. I did a lot of things, so I was encouraged to live in the house. And then in the kitchen lived an impressionist, the guy who does impressions for a living. And he did costume and makeup. He did Elvis. He did uh, Jerry Lewis. He did John Travolta. And later, his name will change. He was Andy Silverstein, but you will know him as Dice Clay. Oh, yeah. So before he evolved into that character. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm working uh, uh, in the evening, six, seven nights a week at the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. And one Mm -hmm. day I come down from Crest Hill. It's about a two and a half Mm -hmm. uh, block walk downhill. Mm -hmm. And as I come around the corner, I see the hundred funniest people in the world in a picket line screaming obscenities at the comedy store. Oh, they were trying to organize a protest mm-hmm. and had not consulted anybody how mm-hmm. to get a union. Mm-hmm. They were just a bunch of people on the street throwing mm-hmm. rocks mm-hmm. and stopping our customers mm-hmm. and doing wrong things for union. Mm-hmm. And as I walked up, they all know me because I work at the comedy mm-hmm. store and they tell me if I go inside, I'll never perform in show business again. Oh, geez. I said, Why? He says, we deserve to be paid. I said, mm-hmm. I agreed. That you deserve to be paid. By the way, I'm being paid tonight. Move out of my way. <laughs> I'm not scared of them first. I'm a big guy. I'm 6'4", 200 pounds. Whoa. I'm as big as any person at the comedy store. And indeed, we had a comedy store basketball team. If you look on my timeline, you'll see the picture of it. Whoa. See if you can guess what one I am. I'm a tall white guy, and there's <laughs> only three of us. And one of us is David Letterman. Oh, whoa. So I went inside and I found out what happened and it was amusing for a while because these are David Letterman, um, um, Jay Leno, um, um, Gallagher, um, um, Elaine Boozler, Marshall Warfield, the funniest people in the world. And yet they're acting like teenagers and screaming obscenities. So we called the police and had the police came out and made them step back on the sidewalk not attack our property mm-hmm. and the strike began it was all over they deserved they to be paid mm-hmm. but it was only 15 or 20 of them at the start 
and they knew they were not going to win. So okay. they invited every comedian in Los Angeles to come be in their strike, including 50 comics that did not deserve to be paid. Okay. They weren't good enough yet. Mm-hmm. But they were trying to mobilize the whole mm-hmm. comedy community against mm-hmm. the comedy store in Mincy mm-hmm. Shore while mm-hmm. being very obscene and mm-hmm. violently threatening people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it lasted about two months with everybody picketing outside. Now, later they got some lawyers and we injuncted them in court, so they had to act like picketers, not a mob. Mm-hmm. And they were injuncted. Now they at the first couple of nights they were stopping customers from coming in and mm-hmm. saying, "I'll perform for free for you right here on the sidewalk if you don't go in," which turns out to be against the law. Oh, okay. So you cannot impede customers at a establishment that's mm-hmm. under uh, uh, jurisdiction of the L.A. Police. Okay. You can have a union protest, Mm -hmm. but they had not filed papers as a union, or Mm -hmm. they were not acting as a union. Mm -hmm. They were acting like a bunch of crazy comics. Okay. So, after a while, we decided, or actually, Mitzi Shore decided, the comedy store would go on. About 12 of us stayed Mm -hmm. inside the club Mm -hmm. to support the the strike Mm -hmm. while negotiations went on. Mm -hmm. Uh, that first night of the strike, I performed in the main room for an hour mm-hmm. doing group comedy. Mm-hmm. Then I did a set and was MC in the mm-hmm. original room mm-hmm. for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I went upstairs and performed in the belly room and it was the MC for an hour. So that mm-hmm. night, my time went from three 10 minute spots to three hours because all the, there were so many comics not coming inside. Oh, wow. What I tell the story is I was 99 in line at the comedy store and when they went on strike that night I became ninth in line mm-hmm. so tremendous boost to my career yeah mm-hmm. I had for three months with me getting three hours of stage mm-hmm. time every night so I got to the next level of development mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. didn't want to come mm-hmm. in in the end they sent the, the protesters sent a bad act, meaning not a professional act, just mm-hmm. an open micer, mm-hmm. into the club to fake an injury on mm-hmm. stage. And he claimed he needed mm-hmm. to go to the hospital and then later sued the comedy store. And the results of that case came up very quickly in court, mm-hmm. which means somebody had some real political pull because mm-hmm. that, that would take a, you know six months. It mm-hmm. came up in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And in result of the court case was all comedians are now independent contractors meaning there is a contract to have you perform here tonight Mm -hmm. if you do you accept that Mm -hmm. you will pay your own taxes Mm -hmm. and will accept your insert insurance Mm -hmm. liability Mm -hmm. that's the only real thing that came out of the main room okay after a while most of the professional acts had to quit performing at the store and go back to doing mm-hmm. things that made them money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after a month or so, the only people that are protesting the store are majority of amateur acts and beginning acts mm-hmm. who do not deserve to be paid. Why would you be um, protesting if you're beginning? I mean, like, I don't mind not being paid right now. Well, like, of course, I'd 
like to be paid, but like I'm 12 years old, I don't need to be paid. Well, we all mm-hmm. feel individually mm-hmm. different about mm-hmm. that. That's the interesting mm-hmm. part. First off, Dustin, with all due respect, mm-hmm. you do not deserve to be paid. You're not yeah. good mm-hmm. at that. You cannot perform okay. in a club mm-hmm. selling alcohol mm-hmm. because of your age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would have to have a guardian with okay. you every show. Mm-hmm. Now, that happened to Pauly Shore. Mm-hmm. You know who Pauly Shore mm-hmm. is? Um, yeah. He was the owner's son. Okay. And he was your age when he mm-hmm. started. Actually, I might have to end now because my brother's yelling in the background. Do what you need to do. My point okay. to you is you are responsible for mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. Keep writing. Mm-hmm. Where you are now in okay. your comedy career mm-hmm. is the result of mm-hmm. what you've written before. Mm-hmm. Where you will be okay. in two years is a result of what you write now. Okay. Keep writing jokes, mm-hmm. keep going on, li- record them, listen to them five mm-hmm. more times. And if you have any mm-hmm. questions, I'd be happy to help. I'm not asking to be your okay. mentor, I'm asking to be your friend. And if I can answer questions mm-hmm. for you anytime, I'm happy to. Okay. And if you'd like to do another show in the future, that's fine with me. Now, okay. I'm Lou Deck, I'm the comic in Red Shoes, and it's been an honor to be on your show, Dustin. Okay, Thank you. you too. Bye.